Ion Investments podcast. I'm Patrick Woodhouse, a financial advisor here with Ion Investments. And I'm Rich Labriola, also an advisor with Ion Investments. A little bit of an introduction to us. Uh, I want to let you know that Infinex is, is our broker dealer and uh, we're based out of Connecticut. We have a, a large team here, really experienced team of 19 financial advisors, in, including our management and, and still growing. We're in Connecticut now, maybe other states in the future. We'll, we'll see, but we're, we're definitely growing really fast here in our home state. And so we're reaching out to existing clients and anyone else that's interested in listening to us. I think another secondary goal or, or primary is really just to get some knowledge out there and kind of maybe debunk some stuff in the financial planning world and maybe you know give some information that someone could learn from. Maybe, maybe teach stuff. That would be pretty cool too. So we thought we would do this podcast and, uh, and kind of see where it goes. I have about 10 years of experience uh, in the financial planning realm. So uh, lots of different scenarios scenarios uh, I can pull from. Uh, so uh, I think we look forward to doing this. Yeah, I also have 10 years. We're like, we're like twins. We're like twins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We don't look anything like yeah. that. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not a video podcast. So, so Pat, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm brand new, new job. I, I don't know. We're like, where do we start? I, I, I'm is, starting to get money now. What do I do? Well, this, this <laughs> like, the, what do I, do I need a financial advisor? Like right, at this right, point, right? Well, yeah, that, and that's it. What is a financial advisor? I, I feel like you know we, we should start there. I feel like a lot of people go, they think their rich uncle has to have one, and that's and that's not, but they don't because they don't have enough money because uh, that's just the perception, right? Um, so basically, really, folks that are sitting down with your your unique uh, financial picture and basically tailoring plans specifically to you, whether that's long-term care planning or life insurance or whatever event you may have in your life, or if it's just general wealth accumulation, right? Just uh, building a portfolio. Where, where do I start? Or even helping understand uh, popular accounts that you probably already have, a 401k, a pension. What are these things? I mean, everybody hears about them and most of us do end up with them, but I would say the majority have no idea what the heck they are. They just know I have the statement and it's with uh, Mass Mutual or whoever, and, and they don't know what it is. So, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like, I mean, anybody can talk with an advisor. You know, I think there's misconceptions out there that we have to have a certain dollar amount or it's only for, for the wealthy. But I think even that millennial that yeah. maybe just starting Absolutely. out can have yeah. a conversation. 100%. Why not start planning now? And, and honestly, that is the best. I mean, the younger you are, the better you are. So just from a, a, a timing standpoint, perspective. Um, time is your asset. Time is the largest asset. you have. I mean, you could, uh, you know, have all the money in the world, but if you only have a, a few years to do something with it, it's not going to be uh, as effective. If you're young, young millennial, young, whoever, and you start early and you start investing small, even that will grow given time. If you leave it in there to uh, amounts that I'm sure would shock you. If we, uh, if you sat down with one of us and we, and we put you through one of our, uh, uh analyzer tools. Right. Yeah. I mean, even I, I we do we do deal with a lot of retirees, but the reason why we you know we want to talk to you know millennials right now is that it's we're just trying to convey the message that anybody can use some advice. And, well, yeah, yeah, you know, that's and, true. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're starting a family, like life insurance right. could be a good tip that an advisor gives you. Yeah, right then great, and there, great, great and if you don't really have assets maybe right then and there to, to kind of invest, but it's it's a good thing to have, and that's something you can talk about with an advisor or those, those are great tips. And to piggyback off what Rich is saying uh, for the millennial group, I mean, you, we also uh, do a lot with widowed people, right? You might have a situation where you have a, a man or a wife or, or whatever it is married or whoever it is. 
and um, one passes away. Well, a lot of times, maybe that one person did a lot of the financial stuff, and the other one is a little less educated on that. So this, they can essentially come in, meet with one of us, and we can kind of walk them through our process. And I think a process is very important. And I would say when you're when you're thinking about what a financial advisor does, besides building a plan, is it should also have a process that they follow. And it shouldn't be sort of an ad hoc experience, right? It should be like, a okay, we start here and we'll sort of move here and we kind of start this foundation and then build into the actual plan and then implement it and then monitor it, right? This is what we should be doing. So at Ion Investments, that's exa- exactly what we do, actually. So we do... Uh, essentially, we have a process that we follow with each client that comes in. Each client may have a different outcome. It doesn't dictate the outcome. It just dictates the process from the standpoint of getting information together and trying to clarify the goals and the objectives uh, of the client. But essentially, yeah, the first, our first sort of, uh, just to run through what we do here, uh, our first one is just a discovery. We're just kind of going through, we're meeting the person. The first appointment, if you meet with a financial advisor, is really just who are you and who am I? We just have that conversation, trying to get an idea of, you know, your background, uh, your financial background, your education background, that, that kind of thing. Wouldn't you agree? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, if I if I met with with you, do I need anything to get started? Do I have to bring anything? Because I would think I would need all right, right my financial house in order before right. I even come to you. you. Don't bring anything. You just <laughs> a cup of coffee. Not one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is important to sort of have your your uh, uh, ducks in a row a little bit, right? So, um, but you don't have to be like your your financial house doesn't have to be so so clean. Right. That's kind of some of our job. Right. So bring in what you have. Uh, usually what it is, is uh, if you're meeting with us, we just ask that you bring any statements or, uh, you know, any information that you have on the accounts that you, uh, that you feel comfortable sharing with us so that we can kind of get an overall picture of sort of who you are. Right. Financially, uh, that really helps us guide you and sort of develop a plan if we sort of know where all the parts are. Right. So that's that's an important piece of it. But that's uh, but that's really it. Yeah. That and, you know, the cup of coffee. We're, we're good together. Yeah. So 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 baby steps. Right. You don't build a house overnight, right, right. like <clears throat> one room at a time, I guess we'll take care of and get your financial house in order. Right. Exactly. I, I, I mean, to use a house uh, example, it's like, you know, your foundation. You're not going to build the house without a foundation. Right. So a house analogy. Right. You're going to start with the foundation and then you're going to start building on top of that. That's exactly how we start. We start with who are you? What What's important to you? What's important to me? And what's important to rich are probably two different things, you know, potentially. So we want to know those things so that we can definitely sculpt something that is, is individual right? and meets what you're looking for. So are there any tips now that we can give to our listeners to kind of maybe for someone who's starting out? Like, where, where would I get started? I want to get control over my finances. I, I want to be less stressed out. Right. That's, you know? great, that's actually a great question. And actually a common question because the, the stress might come from just not knowing Right, where everything right. is. And, yep. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah not so. having not having control, not knowing where my money's going. I mean, a lot of stuff is automated now. Like yeah. you sign up for subscriptions and that money's going out the door. All right. Yeah. I Bills, mean, like everything's electronic now. And sometimes you kind of lose grasp of what's going out the door. So I think it's good to having control and, and well, I would say definitely to as a as a starting point is establishing a budget. Right. Mm-hmm. And getting a budget. Maybe you're using an Excel spreadsheet or a notepad. But take a look at your accounts and see where your money's going and, and kind of get a feel for maybe where a starting point may be. By the way, Rich, yeah. that, this is probably one of, the, one of the coolest things you can do. And by the way, even for nothing else, you should just it kind of to kind of like take a uh, accounting of what you're spending money on, where it's coming and where it's going. Uh, really gives you like an idea. I mean, I did this for myself and I had to stop because I was like, well, hold on. 
where's all this money going? I had to, had to talk to my wife first, of course. <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, it really does help you get an idea of, wow, my overspending in this area, my, you know, I'm spending a lot in, in this spot. Maybe it's restaurants are going out or, you know, or whatever it may be, but it, it does. And it gives you a net result, right? It's going to show you your, your, your outflows and your inflows, and you're going to get a number. And it's either going to be positive or negative. And that's going to kind of help you know, like, where do I start? If that's a negative number, you've got to make some changes to make that a positive number. So you can start to make, you know, start to accumulate a savings account. That's really where you start first and start getting some assets saved on the sidelines so that you can continue to let those grow. Yeah, that, that leads us to our next tip is you want to build a, a financial safety net, right? right? So once right. you get a budget down, you want to see how much you could actually save. Right. I think the elephant in the room lately has been the coronavirus, right? Absolutely. And you know, we had world. Uh, yeah. And it's, 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 it's been tough for a lot of folks. And I, I think it's been a huge wake up call for some. Uh, and it definitely reminds us that for those that definitely need to get back on their feet, don't get me wrong, but once they do is get, make sure you have that, that safety net, you know, save that. We typically recommend three to six months, say, you know, or something yeah, yeah. that hasn't changed too much. That's usually the, the, Three to six months is a good time frame for the savings. Yeah, it's usually a great place to start. And, you know, the only way you're going to get there is is uh, looking at your budget and putting it away. There's a saying that War- uh, from Warren Buffett, uh, do not save what is left after spending. Instead, spend what is left after saving. So essentially have the good habit of, of saving first. And that's Warren Buffett, of course, the uh, oracle right, of... Uh, Omaha. So yeah, very, you know, very talented investment guy with a lot of good advice, right? So I yeah, think that's a great quote. Have, having good habits. And then after that, you, you know, you live within, within your means as we, as we all do. So I don't know about, what, about you, Pat, but I mean, what do you think about, there's a lot of talk out there about maybe having a line of credit as yeah. an emergency. So, you know, this is a funny, funny situation, the way I look at it. Lines of credit, a lot of people go, okay, Good example, popular line of credit would be like an equity line of credit, which would be off your house, right? And a lot of people look at the house if it's paid off or even if it's not, that is it's like a holy grail asset, right? You don't wanna you don't wanna tap into it. And I would usually I don't like that usually, uh, so I'll say that. And if it is uh, my typical advice if it's paid off, that's awesome. But in a rate environment that we're currently in, where you can get lines of credit or credit lines for so cheaply, you can borrow so cheaply, it is a great way to sort of have access to money that isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg to access in case of those emergencies, if those things do arise. And it's instant access. And what's also nice about it, in my opinion, is they don't actually charge you anything on it. So you get approved for a line. It's just available. Take it. Don't take it. There's no cost to have it. So it's really just a backup plan. And I've had multiple clients of personal experiences of mine through clients, whereas they hit hard times. And if it wasn't for that line of credit, they would really have had to sell stuff, maybe a house or a home uh, or, or something of that nature or a car. But the, but the line saved them. The problem with the line is if you're in, if you're in a, a dire straight situation, you may not be able to get the line anymore, right? The line right, is right, 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 like right, a cash right. money to what I actually right. needed. I can't right. get it. Can't so get it. Yeah. the bank's saying, closing your door. You, you're not going right. to the bank and the doors are closed. Right. I got you. Um, so it definitely should not be your primary, but it's, it's, it's just another extra safety net. I have seen clients that have gotten, strapped a little bit or, or folks out there and they, they burn through their savings and you know it's better than kind of swiping the credit card and racking up those high interest rates a line of credit could be a better option and, and not to go down this rabbit hole too far but i think it's also important if, if you can't save the money as quickly there are policies you can you can buy uh disability policies and things like that so let's say 
a good example. I actually broke my leg a couple of years ago, which it's a great story. No, it's the worst <laughs> story. I can't even tell it, but it did break. Um, but either way, I didn't realize at the time that the, couple, uh, the uh, corporation I was working with, we actually did have a disability insurance that covered 80% of my pay, which I had, I didn't even know that existed. And at the time, I was the only person working at, the ho- at my house, at the, in my home. And if it wasn't for that disability, uh, I was out for about three months. So that was, so I didn't have enough saved at the time to, to fill in for three months. I probably had enough for two, maybe one and a half, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, essentially, that disability insurance was able to come in and really sort of at an 80% clip was enough to cover everything. And it really saved my life. So there's, there's something there. Um, there's something to be said for that stuff. So right. there's a lot of tools, right? So... If you if you're while you're kind of still saving to kind of build these emergency accounts and such, there are things you can do to supplement. And an advisor or whoever can kind of sit down and yeah, it's good. That's what we do, right? We do those sort of stuff. Yeah, it's good to get that reviewed, and that's something an advisor would look out for. Or employee benefits too. Make sure we're maximizing those. Sometimes those are built in there. That's actually a great a great thing. So uh, for folks that are are just starting out, right? You get this. Maybe you start a new job. You get the four hundred one k. You get the benefit package. Wow, doesn't that look like it's like uh, you know, written in a totally different language, right? When you're looking at it, it can be overwhelming, I think, for people. Mm-hmm. So when you get... Yeah, and actually my next tip was when you do get that employee benefit package, you know, that 401k at work, we're not going to get too much investing today, today, but I would say the number one priority if you're starting out is make sure you're taking advantage of that company match for that 401k if they have it. One of the most important things, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but no. one of the most important things, right? I mean, this was like, it's free money if you think of it that way. Because in your, in your mind, because I, I know, I'll, and I'm just going to use my wife because she's not here now. But she, she, <laughs> she would have <laughs> So she might, well, if that happens, that means we have some real followers. <laughs> no, but um, she literally was like, no, I don't want to match. I don't, you know, I don't want to put money in there right away. Or she wanted to put 1%. It was like really low, but they matched up to five. So um, I'm like, well, we should really do the five because they're going to match you five. I mean, they're going to give you another five. So you're actually getting 10 total, right? So your five is from your own paycheck. So that's what she was concerned about. Well, that's coming off of my paycheck. Okay, I get that. But the company is giving it out of their coffers. I mean, mm-hmm. why not take the free money? It's going to, and that's going to build a compound and do great things for you. So if nothing else, always find out what the match is and find out how to maximize it. And if you can afford to do it, do it. It's going to totally help you. I did. She had, I know everybody's wondering. She did end up doing it only because I logged in and did it for her uh, when she wasn't looking. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I, I'm actually really surprised. Uh, 10 years doing this now, and I still come across folks that don't take advantage of their 401ks at work. It, 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 it's like 101. Like you said, it's free money, something to take advantage of. It's like the first step in saving. And, um, I, and I don't think the... the HR departments ever, ever do a really good job of explaining what that is. Because a lot of times you get over, you know, you get, you, know, you have the HR orientation and they give you all this stuff. And, uh, you know, you're talking about Roth 401ks, you know, traditional 401ks. And we got these matches and it can feel like a lot. So I feel like a lot of people just go, oh, okay, you have all this stuff. I'll look at it someday. And you never do. But it is important, at least if you take anything away, uh, find out what the match is for sure. Mm-hmm. I got a couple other getting started tips. Take a look at your debt, debt management. Right now, interest rates are, are really low. Really low. Yep. Really low. Yeah, I and mean, unprecedented low. Yep. Take, take a look. If you have any debt, rates, refinance, maybe restructuring, take, take a look at how that means the, the more money you put towards that debt, more is going to principal rather than interest. And that'll help you quickly get that debt down. Another thing I came across is take, take a look at fees. Are you well, not only interest rates, but sometimes 
credit card companies will charge you fees. You may not even know it. I love this point. Yeah, keep going. I'll, I, just recently, I had a credit card without naming names that was charging me a fee. And, and I called them up and, they, and I was like, why am I getting this fee? I've been making my payment. They said, well, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the answer that, and, you know, it was, uh, I guess it's a mistake. Makes you feel and, better. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, if I didn't check, I, I mean, I'm glad I did. So that was just a, a weird one-off, I guess. I, I'm sure that, I would hope that rarely happens to folks, but you know, there's but annual fees to And these uh, are, and these fees, you know, they really can drag down your net worth uh, one penny at a time, I call it, right? So, you know, you may not think the fee by itself, oh, it's only this much, it's only that. When you start to add it, because you, you have fees in other areas of your life too. When you start to add in, you know, add in all that stuff, it, it does actually build up quite a bit. So if you can minimize that, which in this low, I think what Rich is saying, in this low interest rate environment, I mean, there's tools out there and we should use them, you know, and, and it can really benefit you. And I think, uh, I think, you know, it's funny because there's a generational gap here. I think the older uh, generations often think, with, whoa, man, don't use those tools. We get you, whether it's an equity line or whatever it might be, because they thought you accumulate these things and the interest rates are too high. And the rates for a long time in this country were too high and you wouldn't want to, you, it wouldn't make sense to borrow and just sort of have all this new debt with higher interest rates. But at this point, I think there's ways you, you can consolidate debts and do that type of thing at a very low interest rate. I mean, where you know it does make sense, so it's worth learning about. Yeah, I still I think we still have some clients or customers coming in asking for those ten percent CDs. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Oh, what about the, I remember those twelve percent CDs? <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I you know I bet you remember that. But do you remember your first house? How uh, you know how expensive were the interest rates on that? Because I guarantee they they run int- uh, inverted to each other. So I'm sure they, you know, your your mortgage rate was probably twelve or thirteen percent too. So. Yeah, the one last thing I had on debt management is know your credit score, right? Oh, um, that's a good one. It's I a mean, basic that's... one. Yeah, I feel like that's a, a point one that gets overlooked a lot, right? And people oftentimes don't get to that until they're applying for something. And then it's a shocker, right? I mean, you've seen this, right, Rich? Yeah. I, I mean, one, one you can find it really easily now. Something even credit card companies will, will give you your score for free, but you can always get it at nanocreditreport.com is your free annual, I guess, it's, I think it's sponsored by the government yeah. or something, but that's... that's Yeah, yeah. Be, a lot of people, sorry, yeah, but a lot of people be weary about uh, checking out on a credit card. Like if you have a credit card, sometimes I've got a free service, check your credit score. Uh, I had done this and I thought, you know, I was refinancing my mortgage and I'll go, okay, no problem. My credit score is 725 or 730 or whatever. Perfect, I'll go in there. When they ran it, it was actually 699. So uh, luckily, again, my wife had a better credit score, so uh, we were able to go with hers. But... <laughs> <laughs> But the reality is, I was thinking the Discover number was going to be the number, and it, and it wasn't. So to uh, Rich's point, go through a reputable site or whatever that really gets all three. There's three credit people, so make sure you get them all. Yeah, and um, so at the very least, know your credit score, know your stand, know how to, you know, we'll keep it high level on this, but it's just it's just good to know so you, you can help manage it. I like it. And I think the last tip I have, and Pat, I think you have a few more tips, is mm-hmm. write down what your goals are. I, I think we all want to... Once we start working, maybe we think about, oh, maybe I don't, I don't want to work anymore. There's only two ways, you know, making money. We get up and go to work every day or we have our money make money for us. So we got to work on the other piece too. Yeah. Um, I mean, how cool it is. How cool is it that you can be sitting at home on a Saturday or a Monday or a Tuesday, maybe your day off, but your money's in an account somewhere making money for you, right? So you want to have money coming in and, and multiple uh, facets, right? So if you're doing it yourself, fine. And then you've got investments too. I like it. Right. So, I mean... Build, build your financial goals. You want to be financially independent. When do you want to retire? If you're younger, maybe you have some big money purchases coming down the road. Maybe you want to buy a house. Uh, maybe you have a family. You want to save for, for kids' college. Write them down. Points, yeah. It doesn't have to... Here, 
we have access to some really great financial planning software, but you could just be as simple as having a notepad and just kind of articulating what you want to accomplish. It doesn't have to be complicated, but again, knowing where you where you stand and setting up good habits for yourself will you'll definitely work tor- better towards meeting your goals. Yeah, and especially just the first thing, just find out where you sit. How much? What am I? What's my income look like? What's my debt? I mean, it's that simple, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to go and, and detail every line item. It's kind of cool to see, but you don't have to, you really just need to know those net numbers. And we do have software that helps us. There's software online too. I'm sure if you Googled it, you could probably find some, some websites that would help you do this so that you have, uh, you have access to that. So, all right, Rich, well, well uh, I don't yeah. know how you're feeling about this. I thought we covered actually know, a lot we, of stuff. We said- 10 minutes and it's turning into 20 plus. So I think we're doing a great job. I thought we came at, at you guys with, with a lot of quick tips, but yep. we all have to start somewhere and sure. we all want to build good habits and having that control and knowing where you stand can definitely help out with uh, stress management and help you meet your goals. So help you get that lake house, whatever it might be. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so thank you for your time. We're looking forward to doing more of these on, on different topics. Yep. Definitely check us out. Check out our website, ion-investments.com. We're also on LinkedIn and and Facebook and definitely feel free to reach out to us with any feedback or questions and hopefully over time we can answer them. And we look forward to doing more of these. This is kind of just the intro, so I do hope you got some information out of this, but but some of the other ones we do in the future will be a little bit more narrow. So to maybe kind of really dive into what a 401k is and what an IRA is and some retirement assets and other stuff. But, uh, but it was a pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, we're definitely going to definitely get the pieces of the puzzle yeah. and help, help you put them together. So it's be a good time. So thank you, everybody. Yep, thanks. Just a quick disclosure. All speakers on this podcast are financial advisors with Infinex Investments. Investment and insurance products and services are offered through Infinex Investments, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Ion Investments is a trade name of Ion Bank. Infinex and the bank are not affiliated. Products and services made available through Infinex are not insured by the FDIC or any other agency of the United States and are not deposits or obligations of nor guaranteed or insured by any bank or bank affiliate. These products are subject to investment risk, including the possible loss of value. 